in my family, in my ministry, in my business, in my divine kingdom assignment. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I come in the name of the resurrected Jesus Christ, who, who's we are and who we serve, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and everything in heaven and in earth shall under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. In the name of Jesus, I stand on this dispensation of words according to Ephesians 1, 13, of the grace of God, which is given to me of the revelation of Jesus, who made known to me the mysteries of which I have understood his divine knowledge and the mysteries of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealing unto his holy apostles, prophets by the, by the Spirit. Now that the Gentiles shall be, be um, fellow heirs and the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. I humble myself unto God, the grace given unto me to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the extent that now to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom I boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him wherefore I desire that I faint not in the tribulations which is of the glory of God alone in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The glory to God. Come on, let's travel in day 11. Praying for divine healing through the blood of Jesus. My God, my God, it's something about the blood. It is in the blood. In the name of Jesus, I apply the blood of Jesus to every hidden sickness in my life. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon my body from the top of my head to the I hold the blood of Jesus as a shield against any power of sickness in my life. In the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of every sickness. Through the blood of Jesus, I am healed. Through the blood of Jesus, I have the life of God in me. Let the blood of Jesus stand between any sickness in me. I curse every work of darkness in my life to dry to the roots of the blood of Jesus. I defeat paralyzed and eased by the blood of Jesus of the spirit of infirmity unto limited death inherit the sickness, uh, dream attackers, uh, let the power of the blood of Jesus be released on my behalf and let it speak against every let us speak uh, against every evil uh, dead bone in my body. Uh, I draw a circle of the blood of Jesus around me and my family and my children, uh, around his ministry, uh, around Jesus Christ, his ministry, uh, around his business uh, that he has given unto me to look over uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, and everything that tries to come up against me, uh, every error of infirmity, uh, I cast you down with the mind of God. Uh, I overcome every spirit of infirmity by the blood of the Lamb, no spirit or power or personality shall be able to put any sickness on me because I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let the blood of Jesus speak destruction unto every evil growth of my life. Let the blood of Jesus speak disappearance unto the authority of my life. Let the blood of Jesus speak peace unto every organ of my body in the name of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus speak healing unto every organ of my body. Let the blood of 
Jesus dry up every evil tree. I being used against help. I, I render every evil power relating against my help and poked by the blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus minister defeat against every sickness in my life. I minister death unto the enemy of good health in my life. By the blood of Jesus, I decree and declare good health. I find the stand power in any sickness that the blood of Jesus that tries to stay in my body. I cast you out right now in the name of Jesus. I hold the blood of Jesus against you. You spirit of poverty, you spirit of infirmity right now in the name of Jesus I cast you out and every spirit that is not of God in my bloodline right now you have to flee I hold the blood of Jesus against you I hold the blood of Jesus against you against every spirit of stagnation in my life I cast you out in the name of Jesus every spirit of fear every spirit of procrastination every spirit of delay in the name of Jesus I hold the blood of Jesus against the lack of good health. Right now, I hold the blood of Jesus against every delay and denied promotion. I hold the blood of Jesus against every dead account. Right now, I hold the blood of Jesus against every evil diversion in the name of Jesus. And right now, as we travel to day 12, in all authority, I'm praying for a refuge and guidance to our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, Father, let me walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and purify my heart for sincere affection of the brethren to love them firmly from a pure heart. Father, I brace up my mind to be sober, self-respect, and morally alert to set my hope holy, unchangeable in your grace. In the name of Jesus, I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before you. I declare and decree my trouble before you. When my spirit was overwhelmed and weak within me, when I was wrapped up in darkness, you guide me through your path. Through that marvelous light I redeemed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, in the way where I walked, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who has regard for me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, escape has failed me. I have nowhere to run. No one cares about my life. I cry out to you, O Lord. I said you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give attention to my cry, for I am brought very low. Rescue me from my prosecutors, for they are stronger than I, O Lord. Have mercy on me, Heavenly Father. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks and praise unto your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will look after me in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we pray against forces of delay and distraction, give us a keen discerning spirit to not to take for granted the precious seconds and minutes and hours of our day, as well as the agenda of other people's time. Oh, Lord, give us that ability to finally discern what is the most important and be guarded against the enemy's strategies and plans, device and traps, tactics and brosakasha. Make your will be abundantly in our life clear and noticeable to us every day, O oh God. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. Listen to my supplication. Answer me now in the name of Jesus. Answer me in your faithfulness and your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight no man living is righteous or justified. For the enemy has prosecuted me. He has crushed my life down to the ground. He has made me dwell in the dark places like those who have been dead. Therefore, my 
hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Jesus, remember the old days of my life, oh God. Thank you for the new days, oh God. Thank you for the love, kindness in the morning. For I trust in you. Teach me your way in which I shall walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Rescue me, Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in you. Teach me to do your will so that you may be pleased with me. You are my God. Let your good spirit lead me. Right now, save me, O Lord. Your name's sake. In your righteousness, bring my life out of trouble. In your love, kindness, silence, and destroy my enemies. Destroy all those who afflict me. For I am your servant, and I owe my entire life being to you, Christ Jesus. Help me die out to my own will so I would know the plans you have for me. In the mighty name of Jesus, right now I declare Psalms 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, the name of Jesus. I decree and declare Psalms 115 and 14, uh, the Lord shall increase you more and more in your children. Uh, and Psalms 145 and 16, uh, that open thy hand and step back and desire to every living thing in Jesus Christ. Right now in the name of Jesus. My prayer for boldness uh, of a witness as we travel in day, day 13. Prayer for boldness of witness in the name of Jesus. I raise my voice as the very Lord uh, who has complete power and authority in earth and heaven. It is you who have made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. Who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of the Father David, your servant, said, Why did the nations, meaning the Gentiles, become arrogant and rage, and the people devised brutal things against me, the Lord? The kings of the earth took their stand, attacked them by force, and the rulers were assembled together against the Lord, against his anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, the kings of kings and the lords of lords. For in this city there was a gathering together against the holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand had your purpose and predestined before the creation of this world to occur. And now, Lord, observe their seats against me, your servant, O God, and grant that your bond servant may be declared your message, great confidence, May you extend your hand to me right now in the name of Jesus. Your signs, miracles, and wonders should take place in my life right now in the name of Jesus, O Lord. Lord, let me hear your voice with a shaking. Right now, feel me, O God. Let the Holy Spirit, O God, continue to feel me. Allow the word of God to come through my mouth with boldness and courage for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, I place upon you the armor, and I decree and declare the weapons of my warfare are not corner, but mighty through God. In Jesus' name, I pour down every stronghold, cast down every vain imagination, and every high thing that is all except before against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that in the battle, no weapons, be it emotionally, financially, physically, socially, interpersonal, organizations, God bless you. Spiritual form against 
me shall prosper, and every tongue that rise up against me shall be condemned. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I, I stay connected to the power source, which is my Lord Jesus Christ. I, through the power He has given unto me, I, and the boldness and confidence. Right now, in the name I bless of Jesus, you. I take control of the atmospheres, the regions and realms, the stratospheres and the fears, the systems and the hemispheres, lined up with the Word of God and the purpose regarding my life in the name of Jesus. I ask you to contend with those that contend with me. Fight those that fight against me. My spiritual wealth, ministry, business, and finances and health. And family, Lord God, be my shield and my buckler. Fight this battle for me. Let terror strike the hearts of my enemy. Cause their hearts to fail when they look for my boldness and confidence in you to fail. Me to fulfill my God-given mandate, divine assignment for you, Lord God. Father God, let your will be done. Allow the same boldness you gave Apostle Paul and Joshua to be my portion. Because, Lord Jesus, only you can give stability and equip me with the salvation with your right hand. And every battle, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I send praises unto your name. I bow down and I worship you. I give you the glory. I give you the praise. I lift up your name. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, remind me right now in the name of Jesus, oh, God. Do not let me, God, be weak. But God, strengthen me right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, God, by me. God 
to the praise of his glory. In the name of Jesus, let us put on our Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Right now, God, Lord, make our characters walk worthy. Right now, I am not a picture of what the national and not what the national economy is saying that I am. But right now, I am walking as kings and priests, as sons of God. Right now, I am flashing at the likeness of my daughter in heaven of Roshakasaha. The blood of Jesus regenerates me. I am wrestling from the power of death and hell. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I've been prepared for my destiny. Lord, show me how to wait upon you. Reveal to me my divine time. We give you glory, we give you glory. We give you glory, we give you glory. Shikariya masaya bate. Le shikariya masikurosa baba mama mama. Shariya masikuriyata. We thank you, Jesus. We give God the glory, hallelujah. We give God the praise. We magnify his name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give him glory. Now we're going to go, hallelujah, into a moment of Worship, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. Hallelujah. Let's go into a place of worship. We welcome everybody. SOAR International Outreach Jesus
pretending to match. Glory, glory. We're in a moment of worship. Hallelujah. But we're going to go into a place of praise before the word comes. Today the Lord is going to give us a glorious word. Hallelujah, we give you glory. Thank you, Lord. I'm tending to you. 
glory, Jesus. Hallelujah.
one spirit that would try to come on this line, hallelujah, and put implicit content, we cast you out in Jesus' name. Shikariya Messiah, Shamaya Boro Satariya too. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. We give God the praise. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Hallelujah. Story International Outreach Network. Hallelujah. Amen. God, don't get us up early. Amen. We, God bless you, evangelists, being here. Amen. And those that are on the way, hallelujah, those that's listening in, hallelujah, I know we're early morning ministry, but see, that's the, the good thing about the Lord. When we are able to be obedient, sacrifice our sleep. Come on now, I was sleeping too good this morning, but the Lord said, time when that long clock go up, get up, get up, amen, hallelujah. But I know very soon the Lord is going to um, bring his men and women of God that is going to be able to preach his word and lead us. So some mornings when he say, okay, daughter, just relax in me. Hallelujah. I can sit back and just relax in the Lord. So we just thank God. And I know through the leadership training that we're going to be doing in the next couple weeks, the Lord God is going to continue to raise up some great men and women of God, which God have already equipped most. But see, the thing is the Lord God wants to discipline us. Because a lot of times we can be gifted and, and full of the anointing but not disciplined. And that's very vital that we are disciplined and that we learn to follow. Amen. Because when we follow, amen, we learn. And in our following, God is, is, is building our character. He's building our integrity. He's building things in us. He's healing us. He's taking things out. But at the same time, he's training us to send us out. But if you're not able to follow, you will never be able to lead. So I know for sure in this leadership training, hallelujah, we're going to be blessed. And I do want to let you know those that are online, I do apologize, but it would not be online. It would be in person only. Hallelujah. And the Lord God is working up some other curriculum for those that may want to come in on the podcast, maybe doing a different session. But that also would be something that we would discuss, hallelujah, that would be separate. But we're going to do this in person. Nothing, this is not going to be online. So if you want to come and get this wisdom that the Lord is about to pour in us, you have to be in person. Not to come and join if that's not what you want to do. No, I'm saying you're coming in for the training. Because a lot of times we do not train people in ministry and when they go out they just destruct just God's people and it's very vital even in ministry when you're get in ministry you need to continue going through training leadership training you leaders we need to continue to train 
our leaders in these days and time when the leader get ordained it's like boom they're gone they don't want to listen to anybody they they everything they know is right not now that they have been ordained but the thing is god knows where you are and it's very dangerous when you go before god and no matter what a great leader always still follow you know and always have those that they can confine in and look up to for that wisdom amen and even those that they may not think and give them that wisdom god can use anybody to give you that wisdom for that particular time and season but what happens is when we get to a place in ordination or whatever the case may be we just forget those that planted those that poured into our lives and then we just go run off and then when we hit a pitfall we come right back saying oh i wish you know that's why it's very vital how what bridge you make sure that you keep because you never know you may have to cross that bridge again see sometimes bridges fall down but when that bridge is rebuilt it's very vital because that may be your only way across and if you have destroyed relationships along the way it's going to be hard for you to cross that bridge so no matter what we people may have done and said you cannot allow those things to stop what god has for you amen and i just believe that's where god wants us to be so as we're getting into that timing um with our with the book of ezekiel what we're doing is we're we're, we're taking the um finishing that out with our um thirsty biblical study amen so we got something good for our biblical study the book of ezekiel we've been doing it morning service and um biblical study but as the lord is speaking as we're going into that two weeks of that leadership training the lord want to build us up to get to that point so when those two weeks come as we come in here hallelujah and begin to train and that's going to be on saturday mornings hallelujah saturday mornings amen starting at nine o'clock and the reason why is because you're going to have the rest of your day to do what you want to do but saturday mornings nine o'clock and we're going to start we're not going to wait we're going to start and we're not going to go back over anything we're going to go right in because in obedience we have the first thing discipline requires is what time management and time management means to what be on time so the lord god is beginning to train us and teach us first of all in disciplining our time so that's going to be the first hallelujah learning concept is time management because time management is very vital you won't be able to do anything if you do not have discipline in time management because time management allows you not to only be on time but it allows you to understand time and when you understand time then you understand god because god is not a god of a uh, a natural time but he's a god of spiritual time and you got to be in that right place at that right time in order to hear the voice of god to move in the things of god and to know where you're going in god so we are excited we are excited to get started with that. So guess what? We're going to start our um, finish our Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel. We're in chapter 20, um, verse 27. 
So on Thursday for our biblical study, we'll be in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20, verse 27. We welcome everybody, SOAR International Outreach Network. I am Lady Apostle. God bless you. God bless you, um, evangelists and those that are on the way, those that are to come. Hallelujah. Those that are listening live all over 287 countries, may God bless you. And yes, we're not on the Facebook um platform anymore we're just going strictly podcast and then we're we're zooming amen which zoom is on youtube amen so for those that um is looking for us on facebook sorry we're not on facebook hallelujah amen hallelujah so um today i want us to just talk a little bit about something that i think will bless us for the next 20 minutes and then we'll go right into our sunday service amen Hallelujah. I want to talk a little bit about um, um, coming against anger, sorrow, and fear. Amen. Angry, I mean anger, sorrow, excuse me, ang- anger, um, sorrow, and fear. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to go to the book of Psalms 51. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you honor. We know that your word, the word of God is about to touch our hearts. Let our hearts be open. Decrease me as your servant of God. Holy Spirit, speak through me that your people will receive healing, deliverance, and be set free from anything that we be holding them from receiving what you have for them. And God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and glory to God. So um, Psalms 51 and 12 um, um, evangelist, I, I need you to read that scripture. You can sit where, where you are. He loves with you. Um, 51 and 12. So we thank God for evangelist Christine. She's going to be our reader on today. Hallelujah. Psalms 51 and 12. Amen. So it says, uh, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be um, converted unto thee. Amen. Just 12. Just verse 12. Amen. Psalms 51 and 12. Reread that for me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. Amen. So here is telling us to restore to me. Hallelujah. Restore to me. The joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit in King James. But in Amplified, it says, restore to me the joy of salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. What Evangelist just said. So what God is saying to us today as we're dealing with anger, sorrow, and fear. First of all, sorrow. Amen. Now, a lot of us, a lot of people are dealing with these things. And the Lord just told me just to touch a little bit on this because he wants to break you free from the things that we're talking about on this morning. But for our purposes, we will define sorrow as a lack of sweetness. Amen. Because here she just read, she said, restore to me the joy. Amen. So anything that's not joy is what? Bitter. Is lack of sweetness, which sorrow is defined as a lack of sweetness. So sorrow and loss of sweetness in life is rapid. Amen. Can you agree with me on that? Amen. A lot of people, you know, they don't have that joy. You know, when I look at the joy, J-O-Y, 
Daughter, you know I'm a woman of anonyms. I'll say Jesus on you. J-O-Y, Jesus on you. So when you say joy, you calling Jesus on you. So how can we have sorrow? Well, let me help you because we're human. And when we lose somebody, come on now, sorrow come. When we are heartbroken, sorrow come. When we're sometimes rejected and abandoned, sorrow come. When we was close to one person and maybe they left this earth because it was their time, sorrow come. So maybe we had joy. Maybe we were sweet. Amen. Sweetness was our portion. But because of these sorrows and the things that we face in life, it is defined as a lack of what? Sweetness. Amen. So how can we remove sorrow when people experience maybe death or grief or disappointment or discouragement or maybe just a lack of self-esteem or rejection? On a regular basis. Because people are rejected on a regular basis. I don't know about you. But I know I was rejected on a regular basis. I was um, abandoned on a, on, on a regular basis. I felt alone on a regular basis. And I just felt like I had no one until I met Jesus. He was the sweetest, sweetest name that I know. But some people have not yet met Jesus. So they deal with this sorrow in a regular basis. So when we have experienced rejection, abandonment, loneliness, sometimes it makes us feel ashamed. It makes us feel condemned. It even try to fill us up with guilt. Stuff that we know we ain't did. Stuff that we know we haven't said. Amen? So we feel shame at sometimes of who we are. Amen? We, we feel ashamed of how God created us and, and what God is saying about us. Amen? But if we, hallelujah, do not really understand and don't know, or maybe if someone doesn't reject you or, or me, amen, we will sometimes, because we feel rejected, we will begin to reject others. Amen? You know, they say that hurting people hurt people. It's not like they intend to wake up and say, I'm just going to hurt somebody. But because they're hurting, they don't even know how to hurt. They don't know love because they've been hurt so much. So it's on a regular basis that sometimes it's going to just happen. So when rejection is in our lives, we just continue to reject people because we, we feel rejected. Amen. And when we feel rejected, amen, rejection just come natural for us. We wake up in rejection. We lay down the rejection. We do everything in rejection and abandonment. But that's why we have to understand that the joy of the Lord. Amen. God is restoring unto us the joy of the Lord. Amen. Of our salvation. And he's going to uphold us with a what? Willing spirit. Amen. And King James Version say a generous spirit. He's going to hold us. He's going to hold us up. But when we as people continue to walk in sorrow, we will often self-sabotage ourselves. Don't we always sabotage ourselves when we walk in shame, guilt, and sorrow? But subconsciously, we set ourselves up for rejection. And then begin to work through our behavior. Then our thoughts and our, come on, our language. Next thing you know, we're so negative. 
Everything that come out of our mouth is negative. Everything that go in our mind is negative. But if we, hallelujah, do not, hallelujah, experience this, you know, most of us experience this. But being rejected, hallelujah, is not easy. Amen. So a person that is rejected, amen, will also seek out nurturing in food, alcohol, drugs, or any other stimulants. Maybe you go shopping when you don't even need to go shopping. I'm just saying. I'm just helping you because sometimes you can go eat when you ain't hungry. You know, it ain't just always alcohol and drugs. But you can have a, an addiction and, every, and other things. Because anytime that you're feeling this type of pain, you try to numb yourself. And you numb yourself in these negative activities. Amen? But see, that's why you have to go to the source of joy. I mean, you have to go to the source of joy and ask for the gift. And the gift is the blessing of joy. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says in Psalms 51 and 12, restore to me the, 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 of the year, of the year of your salvation and grant me what a willing spirit, a willing heart, and a generous spirit in some of the translations. Amen. So as we ask God, to restore the joy of his salvation. Salvation is being saved from mess and even from death. So the opposite of dying is living. We shall live and not die. So God is waiting for us to ask. As we give ourselves to God and ask him to restore joy. And salvation shall be what? Restored unto us. And he shall grant us a willing spirit. Because when we have, when he give us a willing spirit, then we'll be willing to forgive. We'll be willing to move forward. We'll be willing to do things that we know that's right. Amen. So that's why as the Lord God take our sorrow and let us walk in, in joy, he's going to restore our joy. He's restoring your joy right now. You shall have new joy. You shall have big joy. And you should have everlasting joy. The joy of the Lord shall be your portion on this morning. As the Lord God restore unto you the joy of your salvation. And he upholds you by his generous spirit. He upholds you by his willing spirit. He upholds you by his willing heart. Let the Lord God joy be upon you. And now that the joy of the Lord is being upon you. And he is wiping all sorrow away. Let's deal with that wound of anger. Amen. Because when the Lord God begins to heal us from the wound of anger. Amen. He begins to cleanse us. Hallelujah. So even when you go to the book. Hallelujah. Right here. Psalms 51. It says. Start with um, verse. Give me um, verse 1 through um Give us um, one through, give us one through 17, Psalms 51. Okay, it says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. 
Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Uh, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. 17. Yeah, go to 17. Um, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, and death. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thy lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou desirest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, um, thou wilt not despise. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and do um, 18 and 19. We might as well finish that out and go ahead and get the blessing. Yeah. Do good in thy pleasure uh, to Zion. Build thou, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Amen. Amen. So as the Lord God is healing the wounds of anger. Amen. There are different steps. Amen. That he takes. Amen. And he are, we already began to read in the book of Psalms chapter 51, 1 through 19. Amen. Hallelujah. Was that 19, sweetie? Yeah, 1 through 19. Um, so therefore, we're cleansing the womb. How does God cleanse the womb? Um, I need you to go to Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, and let's read that as well. So the Lord has taken us through three steps in, in, in healing the wounds of anger because he's already given us the joy from our sorrow. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Start with thir just 31. So Ephesians 4, 31, please. Because I have to break it down. Let all, let all bitterness, wrath, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake. Just 51 for right now. Because we're going we're gonna to take these in steps. We're gonna, we, we, we about to pick one, two, three. The Father, the Son, what? The Holy Spirit. Amen. One, two, three. God going to take us. One, two, three. So read that again, sweetie. 431. So we have, um, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 
Amen. Thank you, Evangelist. So here, um, the Lord God is speaking to us. Amen. Hallelujah. 31 says, I'm going to um, come out of the Amplified Version. It says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, meaning passion, rage, and bad temper. Passion, rage, and bad temper. Evangelist, you would think passion is something good, right? Because passion fruit juice is nice, right? <laughs> but it says here, let all bitterness, indignation, and wrath, meaning passion, rage, and bad temper. Because sometimes our passion may not be what God's passion. Our passion may not be the will of God. It may just be our fleshly desire. So sometimes our passion can make us miss our purpose. Amen. Sometimes passion can make us miss, amen, our destiny. Amen. So instead of having passion, we must have a desire, a desire of the will of God. Amen. And, and it says, and resentment, meaning anger, animosity. So resentment come, um, evangelist, tell us where resentment comes from, please. Resentment comes from looking at the past and being very, very angry. Amen. I like that. Very simple. She said it's looking at the past and what? Becoming very, very angry. And becoming very, very angry. And we're talking about killing the wounds of anger. So resentment, amen, is what brings anger. Because we're looking at the past things, the things that have hurted us, the things that were negative, the things that sometimes we say we regret. But don't you know sometimes in the things that we regret is some of the things that really helped us be, need to become who we need to be in God? You know, our past sometimes help us get to our future. Hallelujah. It help us get to the what's in front of us. Because if we never went through nothing in our past, how will we ever have experienced life? How will we ever be able to say, I've went through the process? It's like when you make a cake, the past is us mixing it. So if you cannot get to the frosted cake, Without what first what mixing the cake. But before we even mix the cake, we got to go buy the cake mix. And we got to go buy all the ingredients that go in the cake mix. So that's everything before the finished product. We see the finished product at the store. Nice cake. The, 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 the icing is whippy. But we don't see the process. Because it was before... And then now the after effect is what we see. But look how beautiful the cake is. But we didn't see how messy that kitchen was. Because <laughs> when we cook, sometimes that kitchen is messy. But those that know that like we, when we get done, we clean it up. So you would never even know the mess that we went through in order to present this beautiful, beautiful spread. Where we're going to have this Thanksgiving. We're going to have a beautiful spread of just beautiful food. But you're not going to see that messy kitchen. You're not going to see all those things cut up on the chopping board to make the dressing and make the macaroni and cheese and the stuff that fell on the floor and, and whipped cream. Whip. And you know when you use the blender, it's all on the cabinets. Come on now. We ain't going to see that part after the finished product. But that's what we're talking about with resentment. It is something in the past that we have to let go. You know, like um, Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind. 
Meaning that we're not really forgetting those things, but we're not allowing those things from our past to stop us from going to our future because they happen. Because the things that were behind us is what make us push forward. I didn't get become 50 on Friday by just becoming, but I became 50 by what? Persevering, by pushing through things of my past to help push, push me through, kick me through for me to see 50 years old. There were tears and there was joy. It was hurt and there were happiness. It was pain. It was glorious. So it was different things. Amen. Hallelujah. It takes me. We're going to come back here, but I got to say, because now I'm talking about times and season. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes 3. Start reading that for me. In verses... Ecclesiastes is coming is after the book of Proverbs. Thank you for asking. She's a great evangelist, but she asked. Come on now, see that's what I'm talking about. You know, I remember I said to the man of God, he said something. I was like, oh, I know that Psalms 81 when he began to say um, the Lord would give us a free gift. And I say, now I always quote that scripture. I mean, I always say, and I said, I know it's in Psalms 81. I said, check it. Hallelujah. He was like, oh, Pastor, you right. I said, I'm just saying, because I said too much and I come back real quick. Psalms 81. So I love that woman of God. Okay, Ephesians 3. Let's go down to um, 9. To everything there is a season and a time and every purpose under the, under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Would you say nine? Yes, please. And what profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? Amen. Glory to God. It says to everything. Is your book capitalized too? Is those is um to everything capitalized in your book? In in amplified version, to everything or is in caps. So when we see caps, what does that mean? Evangelist, when we see the word in caps, what does what, what does caps mean when it's in caps? Extra important. Hey, that's right. That mean that's not even in a text. If somebody texts you yeah. with those caps, it's like they serious. Yeah. So it, it sometimes it could be offensive. So I had to learn that. I you know I didn't understand that because sometimes I'll go cap because I really want to not in, a, in saying what I'm saying is negative. No, I just want to express myself in a way to where I just thought like, okay, let me put this in caps because it's hitting me. Like it's making me feel you know a certain way to where I want somebody else to get it too because I'm receiving this word like for it to be a a word of of life. But it could be offensive to some people because people that are into proverbs and nouns and, and all that good stuff, they look at that and say, wait a minute. No, that is personal. So God is making this personal to everything. 
Meaning everything, everybody. Not just anybody, somebody, nobody, everybody. Everything, to everything, there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under the heaven. There is a season. There's a reason why we have winter, fall, spring, and summer. Because in these four seasons, amen, the Lord speaks to us in seasons. So we have to know it just like we know winter, spring, summer, and fall. We have to also know the purpose of God in seasons because there are seasons, a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. So every matter in our life matters. Like they say, black lives matter. No, every matter in our lives matter. It's not about a black life, a purple life, a white life a green life, but it's about a matter of purpose. Those are just movements that you hear about. Black matters. That's just a movement. I'm talking about the things of God. Everything matters. Amen. For every matter or purpose under heaven. It didn't say under earth. Why? Because God is a God of heaven who created the earth. Amen. And because he created the earth, amen, he is of heaven. Welcome, mother. He is of heaven. Amen. Welcome, evangelist. Amen. God bless you, mother. How are you? God bless you. Could you give mother some water? Evangelist, some water. They're right there. Battle balloons. They're right here. We welcome you. Amen. So time, we're talking about time and season in the book of um, Ecclesiastes 2 and verse um, um, 3, excuse me, 3. But we're talking about healing wounds of anger. We're just talking about, we just got finished talking about healing the wounds of sorrow. So healing the wounds of anger. And we're talking about time. A time for what? To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Explain that, evangelist. A time to be born and a time to die. Yes. A time to come to earth and a time to leave earth. Apostle. Come on. She said a time to come to earth and a time to leave earth. And prophetically and spiritually, a time to what? A time to be born. So give it to us spiritually. When you're what? Born or what? Again. A, a time to come forth in the spirit mm-hmm. and fulfill the purposes that God sent you to earth for. And then a time to die from? And then a time to die from um, uh, from the flesh. Oh. And activate everything in the spirit that the Lord put inside you when you were born. Amen. You know you're my daughter, right? Amen. <laughs> you took it right out of my mouth. Amen. God bless her. Amen. She said, a time to die, meaning that we die from the flesh. That's powerful. The flesh. Evangelist, that flesh is something. Because that flesh wants to do what 
we know we're not supposed to do. Come on now, mother. Come on now. You can teach us some things, okay? You know, been through some things in life. That flesh got to die. That flesh want to rise up. I know, I know I, I love the gospel, but guess what? Sometimes I got to be quiet. Sometimes I got to wait. Sometimes because I learned something. I remember I went through, the Lord showed me some things, and I could have destroyed a very vibrant relationship if I would have said something out of the time and season. Because the Lord said, no, you wait. I'm showing you for you to pray. And so the Lord had to reveal to them first. And when I came to say, then they was more receiving. So I could have went to them because they knew it was the truth. But sometimes because we don't want truth, we would, the enemy would make us what? Hate the sender. Hate the one that's bringing the message. Because he wants them to what? Stay bound. So when God revealed it, she was receptive. And I could have lost a 35 year friendship just because I'm a prophet and I wanted to share. But sometimes God says, shh, the time is season. Shh. But sometimes what happens is this. When our gift is so suppressed and we in ministry and we know we're called and we know we got a word. And when the Lord give us an opportunity. It's like we're not really walking out of disobedience, but it began to pour. Like, let me tell you what happened to me. I remember when I, I, I was the Lord was using me, and I just remember I was excited in the spirit because the Lord was speaking to me, and I began to pour because my gift was so suppressed. They never let me utilize my gift. So I kept sitting in the church for years after years. And I didn't understand and I knew I was anointed. I knew I heard from God. I knew I was, but God was preparing me. How I'm, how I'm anointed I am, no matter how anointed I am, I still had to wait on God. No matter how anointed I was, I still had to wait for the things of God. Amen. I thought I had it off. I did. But for some reason, still that person got through. So I hope they're not trying to find an address. Hallelujah. Don't, somebody may have just called in. You're trying to find an address. It is 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. Because I got to keep going forth. So I wanted to make sure that I gave you the address if that's why you was calling. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, so what happened was because they kept suppressing the gift, they kept pushing it down. But God said, I'm not ready to use you yet. I'm hiding you. I'm hiding you for a time as this. You can be so anointed, so powerful, can speak, but God will hide you. He will hide you in his pavilion because he said, you know what? You're not ready yet. Because where I'm taking you and what I'm about to do, I need to make sure you gird it up in my word. Because the enemy going to come at you with all types of things. So I need to make sure you're so guarded up in the armor of God that no matter when them when arrows come, even when they begin to hit, you may fall, but you're going to get back up. You may go out, you're going to come back in. Because sometimes we come down and don't get back up. And then finally, I remember, I went out and they let me speak. And the lady said, we're going to give you 20 minutes. And I was like, no problem because I'm anointed. I can do this in five. But when the spirit began to move, come on now, evangelist, when the spirit began to move, I was so, and the people was, people
people were being delivered just in six, seven minutes. But in obedience, I kept going and going. And the time was more than what they say. But because they suppressed my gift and because they hid me and because I, w- I was rejected and abandoned, it wasn't that I was out of order. But my spirit was like running over like a waterfall. It was like coming like. But then God began to train me. He began to train me because I began to what? Become a follower. I learned to follow. Even though I was anointed, I learned to follow. Follow leaders. I remember when the Lord God sent me with Apostle Joe to help him with his ministry. I had a ministry. But the Lord said, no, go help the man of God. Now, who as an apostle go follow at the time he was just pastoring? Apostles don't usually go follow a pastor. I mean, I'm I'm an apostle. I'm a bishop. I ain't going to follow no pastor. Come on now. That's what they do. They submit. Uh Ah, matter of fact, you got to come and get up some water. You got to come open up the door. Here come the bishop. Here come the apostle. Make your way. You can't sit right there. The bishop sit right there. The apostle sit right there. But when you're a servant, those are gifts. Those are gifts that God has given unto us to do the work of the ministry. But we have to follow. And when the Lord called me, amen, he recognized who I was as I recognized who he was. But the beautiful thing is that we was working side by side. It wasn't a competition. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, and I, and, and, and the Lord, because God told me five years before I met him that I will, I, he already, excuse me, excuse me, 10 years, he already had given me an international ministry. Amen. Not knowing that he was from Africa. But God began to what? Train me. Not just train me in ministry, but he trained me on culture. Because he's not going to send you afar without being trained. Because those devils over there, over here, over here, everywhere is a different type of devil. The one in China, Russia, come on, wherever you are, the territory atmosphere is different. So the atmosphere that's in the U.S. ain't the same atmosphere in Pakistan. God had to prepare me. He taught me not just culturally, but he taught me how to what? Die. To the flesh. We used to getting up, doing this and this way. Having a microwave, doing this that way. God are a beautiful country. Don't let the TV fool you. Matter of fact, sometimes I want to come back. But at the end of the day, there were some things when you go to the villages, they're not as what? Um... Um, develop but you're going to do ministry back in the day we ain't had those built showers like we got now that water come out the wall come on mama we had a bucket yes or no let them hear you did we have a bucket back in the day a bucket we take a bath in that tin one remember the tin one they baptizing people in we took baths in that that with a, with a pump well water water coming out before Synergy, Duke, Waterworks, 
some, 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 some branches and put, find a rail to put on the top to put. Come on. We have donuts and all that type of stuff. We have porch, right? Oatmeal, cream of wheat. That fills us up. We have steak and eggs. We grew up on, come on. That's why I don't like oatmeal now. <laughs> we grew up on beans. Stuff that stick to the stomach. And you had to eat black eyed pea beans. You ain't had no choice. Right? You know, the New Year thing, you know, you gotta eat a spoon. Northern beans, lineman beans, <laughs> green beans. We ain't have green bean salad. We had green beans. We ain't even have potatoes in the beans at the time. Come on, mother. We ain't roll our hair with sponge rollers. We roll our hands with paper bags. Kroger paper bags, tear the bag and twist it and roll our hair. Come on. We didn't have the rollers. We didn't have flat irons. That's how we roll. And that was the best curls. The, the, the longest curls you'll ever have. With paper bag. We didn't have cocoa butter. We had Crisco. Come on now. We use Crisco for our skin. Come on. We didn't have the oil in the, in the, in the bottle. That we go to the store and spend all the money for. We had Crisco or the shortener that melted first, then you get oil. Come on, a time to die. We have to learn to die. We're so used to everything in this world. We have to die. We have to die out to ourselves. We have to die out, meaning that we have to get into a place in God through prayer, intercession. Because it's through prayer intercession that God begins to show us us. He begins to reveal the giftings. He begins to reveal the anointing that's on your life. I'm not standing up here today just because I was just called to preach. No, I had to, prov- I had to persevere through some things. I had to go through some things. I, I, the anointing came because of the pain. The anointing came because of the hurt. The anointing came because of me having to die out. It was nothing that I did on my own. Everything was all God. We have to learn to die. Die out to ourselves. Because when we learn to die out to ourselves, these things won't even matter to us. I'm telling you, I had to learn that. Nobody did teach me how to pray, evangelists. My pain taught me how to pray. My rejection taught me how to pray. Me being abandoned taught me how to pray. Me being in a lonely place taught me how to pray. Me being cast out taught me how to pray. Me being talked about taught me how to pray. Me being ridiculed from the same people that I prayed for and helped taught me how to pray, but taught me how to love. The same ones that talked about me the same ones that did everything against me, it taught me how to love. Because my prayer, you know, you know, first I'm like, God, send the fire of God and the boom, boom, boom. The fire of God. But Lord, keep my heart right. Let the love not leave me. Let me not become bitter. Let me, let my heart stay pure. Even though they have talked about me, even though they've done it. God, give me more love. But God, those that do not want to repent, and those who not that want to come before you, put coals on their head. Because at the end of the day, they become a reprobate. 
continue to love them. We have to continue to receive them. But when God says, it's enough, it's enough, you have to give them to God. You have to leave them there. But you know what? If they come back to God, God may send them back to you. And when they send them back to you, you got to treat them with more love. And that right there is the time you die. How could you treat somebody with more love, the ones who went out there and tried to bring down your ministry, tried to talk and try to destroy you? But at the end of the day, we got to know that the enemy will work in anybody that they do not know how to see that it's the enemy working in them because they become what? Bewitched. Paul said, you bewitched. Even leaders are bewitched. They don't, they don't, because it's like we, we're so anointed. We got a big following. We, people is running in and out. So nobody can tell us nothing. But we could be out of the will of God. Because the vision that God gave us, we have went off from that vision. Because we have allowed people to lift us up. And instantly, people lift us up. It's not always the leader's fault. Sometimes they're just weak in the spirit because people begin to say, oh, you healed me. Oh, it was you. When you said that about me, mother, it was you that when you laid hands on me. No, it was God. So when you give it back to God, then guess what? It takes you away, but that's how pride come in sneakily. And people begin to what? Lift them up. That's why in the book of Ezekiel, he said that, no, you need to go to those same elders. The elders that are in the front and the back of the church, they're going to try to come and ask you questions. He said, do not listen to them. He said, do not let them ask questions. But tell them if they do not turn from their wicked ways, my wrath will be against them. He said, because they're going to come and try to distract you with questions. That's how the enemy comes. He comes to distract us. He comes to say other things to us. And then if we're not careful, we move out of the will of God because we're trying to please people. We can't please people. We have to tell people the truth. And nothing but the truth, so help us God. And we do it in love. But sometimes people don't want truth. People only come for two fish and five loaves. People come for their needs. When their needs is gone... Then you got leaders that really just want to come for the ordination. Once they're ordained, you don't see them. But let me help you. No matter if you're ordained or not, you still need to follow somebody. No matter if you're ordained or not, you still need to continue to be teachable. That's why it's so vital for we as leaders. We need to make sure that leadership training is a continuous thing. Because right now, people are being ordained and they're just sitting out there. And don't you know they're destroying the spiritual state of God's people? Because of the lack of what? Discipline. Like Apostle Joe said, no. You know, we can teach them the gifts. We can teach them this. We can teach them that. It's the lack of discipline. When you're not disciplined, you do anything. When you're not disciplined, you don't even listen. When you're not disciplined, you don't care about time management. Don't you know the first Training and discipline is time management. Because if you can't be on time, how could you manage anything of God? So time it starts in time management. God sees when the leadership trainer says, okay, we're going to be here at 9 o'clock. When you come in the door at 9.05, you're off. Because if the training starts at 9 o'clock, you need to be coming in at 8.45. Right? 
Prepare your mind. Prepare your mind getting ready. But those that are teaching, hey, you may come in at what, about 8.15? 8 o'clock? Just to pray before even the atmosphere. Come on, set the things. But we come exact or off time. I know when I came back from Ghana, we started service at 10.30, but when the Lord spoke to me, he spoke to me clearly. He said, no, when you come back, the time changes. He said, you're not going to do two services right now. Because we were doing two services. One service started at 10.30, the next service start every other Sunday at 6. He said, no, take away the, 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 that, sun, that, that, that 6 o'clock every Sunday, every other Sunday, because I'm going to add on the biblical study on Thursday. But make it 8.45. I said, Lord, that's up, up. But Lord, that's an early church. He said, I know. Because when people really hungry for me, see, people hungry for people. People hungry for tradition. People are hungry for the things that are, 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 are the old. But when people are hungry for me, just like in the book of um, Psalms, in the book of Psalms, um, in the book of Psalms is coming to me. It's going to come to 133. Go to the book of Psalms 133. Hallelujah. It talks about the dew. It talks the dew about the dew on Mount Zion. I mean, um, the dew being early. It's something about the early morning glory. It's something about the early morning being with God. Because when you're in the early morning, come on now, you got the rest of your day just to flow in Him. Come on. Church is not based on a 10.30 service, 11.30 service, or 12 o'clock service. That's not, that's just what we put into our services. It's what time God says that we need to start. God may tell you to have service on Tuesday. Just because everybody has service on Sunday, don't mean that you have to have service on Sunday. God may tell you Tuesday for right now because I want to train my people. Because maybe on next Sunday when he do start you, he's going to train them to get them ready so that they can go forth on Sunday. So you got to be trained. You got Your ear got to be trained. Read um, verses um, 1 through 4. Psalms 133. Start at 1. God bless you, Apostle Joe. Welcome. God bless you, evangelist and mother. God bless you. Welcome. Yeah. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for my brethren to dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even as Aaron's beard uh, went down to the skirts of his garments. And as the dew of Hermon and as the dew of the, that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there... The Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. There it is right there. The light, the dew of Hermon. That dew talking about, that dew is the glory. It's something about early morning glory. Early morning glory. Early morning glory. It's something about being in God's presence early. It's something about, sometimes God may tell you to get up at 5 a.m. and pray. Because you may not know that prayer of 5 a.m. that you're praying may be some, for somebody else that have not woke up yet. That, this, that when they wake up, in their mind, the enemy was saying, I'm going to make them kill themselves at 8 o'clock. And if you're not obedient, that could have cost them their life. Come on. So that's why when the Lord calls on you and pick you up, you have to go. And I don't care how anointed you are. You have to have a prayer life. God cannot use you as without having a prayer. You need a prayer life because your ear has to be trained to hear God. 
Because everything we do and we have to do it because God tells us to do it. And if you don't have an ear to hear the spirit of God, you can't walk in this walk, this ministry walk, because that means you'll be walking in the flesh. You got to walk by the spirit. So you need a prayer life, a prayer life. I ain't telling you to be so spiritually and no earthly good. Because some type of people, they ain't got no spirit. Because it's just an outward thing. I'm talking about being with God in your heart. In the spirit. Because God see what you're doing. You ain't got to tell everybody I'm praying. I'm praying. God know you're praying. And people will know you're praying because when God uses you to speak to them, they're going to know you've been with God. Because they didn't tell you. They did not tell you. At all. We need a prayer life. So my prayer is God, any leader, this ground level. God is starting that SOAR International Outreach Network ground level. He said, I'm training them to know me by the Spirit. I'm training them to seek me early in the morning. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, or some versions say time, he will what? Exalt you. You don't have to worry about exalting yourself. You don't have to worry about saying, oh, I'm an evangelist, I'm a prophet. Because by the spirit, people would know who you are. They would know you by the gift that's, you walk, that you, that you carry. But you got to have a prayer life. You got to continue to keep yourself abstain from anything that can taint, taint the things of God. We're not perfect. Because I know even in God, in my God using me in my mess. But I'm here to tell you. Because God is telling me to tell you. Some of you that's under the sound of my voice, near and far, the 287 countries that's hearing me right now. You may not have that time to play with God. So in all things, keep your hands clean. Keep your heart clean. Ask the Spirit of God to come into your heart. Ask the Spirit of God to train your ear to hear the Spirit of God. And and because you can say, well, Apostle, could you teach me? You know, you pray powerfully. Could you? I can't teach you how to pray. But let me tell you who can. Pain. Pain can teach you how to pray. Life can teach you how to pray. The word of God will teach you how to pray. The spirit of God will teach you how to pray. But God will bring you under this, you know, under anointing that has prayer life. Because I know when I came in under unlimited grace, prayer ministry, look, prayer ministry. Amen. Collaborate. Come on. Prayer. Prayer. So what did God do? He enhanced the anointing. Amen. Because I began to follow. I began to gird the man of God up. I began to hold the man of God up. No matter me being a... No, because I was on assignment. And then today, the man of God is girding me up. The man of God is holding me up. As we walk together, as we do the work. Come on. Time and season. God has what he wants. But God said, I need to teach my people to come back to me because they have went out among the wolves in sheep clothing 
The ones that say, I'm a prophet. The ones that say, I'm this. The ones that has the big places. And God say, okay, I'm in some of those places, but really I'm out there. The need is outside the brick and mortar. The need is in Walmart. The need is in Kroger's. The need is in the byways and the highways. We just come here to what? Get filled. We come here to get the word, to get equipped, to get truth, to gird it back up. Because some of us got some scars. Some of us have been wounded. We come and we get bandaged back up. We come and get our scars taken care of, anointed back up. Then we go back out. And we become stronger. But we don't go out and then let somebody else say, well, come on over here. You can preach a sermon over here. Preaching ain't everything. You can preach out. This ain't just a pulpit. Walmart is your pulpit. That's marketplace ministry. But make sure God called you. And still follow. God say discipline. I need you to discipline my people. Because discipline and the fear of the Lord have left my people. We don't even fear God no more. We come and do what we want when we want. We say what we want. We People even cuss in church. I'm just saying. They talk about one another. They, they don't love one another. The leader sitting in here toiling all night. They come here, don't even speak to the leader. They walk right past the leader. Don't say nothing because the leader don't preach and they think that they're preaching at them. When the Spirit of God preach, the Spirit of God preach. If it prick you good, you're in the right place. If it doesn't prick you, you're in the wrong place. I need to be in a place where it's going to prick me. I don't need to be in a place that's going to make me just feel all good. No. Oh, they talking about me good because maybe there's something in me that needs to come out. We need to be in a place that's going to prick us, but not wound us. But we sometimes get it mixed up. We think, oh, the, I'm church hurt. First of all, you are the church. We blame church hurt because we don't want truth. We blame church hurt because we don't want to follow the rules in God. We don't want to follow God. We don't want to follow God. So we say, oh, the, the leader is doing me like this. So what? Don't you know places that I went to? They did me like that, but look at me now. It's like a piece of uh, meat. Take away the bones, keep the meat. It's a good and the ugly. But I thank God for the ugly because it allowed me to do good. Because what I saw them do, it said to me, I won't do. But I'm not going to judge them and put my mouth on them because they're still God's anointed. God will deal with them. But I'm going to love them. I'm going to serve them. Because guess what? I may need to go back across that bridge. If you break bridges, when it's time for you to come back across, if that's the only bridge for you to cross, how are you going to get back across? So that's why I always tell people this. It is not how you come, but it's how you leave. You got to make sure you're able to come back across that bridge. They may not like you, but that's okay. But they'll let you back across that bridge. Because that may be the only bridge to your destination. It's not easy though. Believe me, I am a witness. Being called to a place where you wasn't received. Being called to a place where they say, oh, she a witch. Oh, come on now, because truth. I'm going to speak the truth. I got to speak the truth. Because guess what? At the end of the day, if I don't speak the truth, the blood is on my hand. If I don't speak the truth, it, it hinders the move of God. I have to speak what God says. 
I can't speak what's going to make you feel good. I know we want to dance. I know we want to. But guess what? We dance. But first, how can we dance if we're not totally made whole? Because you're going to go back out the same. I know. Even though I was preaching, teaching, laying hands, but I was sneaking, smoking. And every church I would go in, I would think, oh, with the power of God here, I'm going to be delivered. No place delivered me. Because it wasn't them that was going to deliver me. It was God. When I came to myself and said enough, it's enough. Because I said, how can I continue to preach to these people? Don't do this, don't do that. And when I'm leaving the pulpit, I'm smoking, going over here, spraying myself down with perfume. Then coming back saying, praise the Lord. No. God said, you would testify. Because a lot of my leaders are living in the closet, doing all type of things. And that's why my power cannot be rested in the house. And finally, one day, one day, and the enemy tried to tell me, like, oh, your doctor going to think you're a hypocrite. Because she knew I was a pastor. And she knew. She my doctor. Don't you know she knew I smoked? But she still respected me. But the enemy will make you believe a lie. So you won't receive your healing. And that one day I said, no. Because I got my, my yearly checkup. And it came back, no cancer. I said, I got to quit playing with God because people that smoke get lung cancer. They get throat cancer. They get stomach cancer. They get all types of cancer. I got to quit playing with God. And that's when I called my doctor and I said, listen, I need help. She gave me some nicotine patches. I went home and put three on this arm, three on this arm. You know, nurse, I could have overdosed, but by the grace of God, it wasn't even the patches that delivered me. It's because I came to myself. And then soon, the next day, when I went to go get, and I wasn't smoking cigarettes, I was smoking black and mild, something that would kill you. And the next day, I went out and thought I was going to go get another black and mild, bought it at the store, went to my favorite place, tried to freak it a little bit, mama, and then the Spirit of God said, not today. And that day I was delivered, then the prophet of God called me and said, the Lord just showed me, are you smoking? Come on now, for five years, God didn't even show a prophet, didn't show nobody. But that day, when the enemy thought he was about to take me back, the prophet called and said, the Lord showed me that you were smoking. I said, you know what? Today was today, my last day. But thank God he showed you because we're going to pray our way through this thing. And I ain't smoked a day after. By God's grace. By God's grace. And I mean, I was dancing on anointing. But afterwards, I was tired. It was by God's grace. He said, because you're going to testify. Because a lot of my leaders going to be delivered. Because in order for my hand to really move upon my people, we got to be clean. We have to be right. But it starts from the head down. And he said, your, your prayer life is going to shift. And, and you don't even know. People don't have to tell me to pray for them. People ain't got to tell me to lay hands on them. I'm praying for you anyway. You don't even know. You don't even know the nights that I'm here. Hallelujah. You don't know the nights that I'm there. You may see my car here, but that don't mean I'm here. I could be somewhere else praying for you. I'm praying. I'm praying. Because you have to have a prayer life in ministry. If you want the ministry that God has ordained for you to walk in, you have to have a prayer. We all, everybody is not ordained to walk as apostles, as pastors, as evangelists, as teachers. But we all are ordained to be intercessors. 
We have to be intercessors. We are intercessors. We are, in, I tell people all the day, I'm FBI. Not Facebook instigator, but Facebook intercessor. I'm looking on your page because I'm praying for you. I don't even know you, but I'm praying. I remember a woman, she was following me. And we, we so happened to connect because of our birthdays on the same day. And the Lord God sent her back to the page. We was doing a 21-day prayer. And we began to pray, pray, believe God. And her situation, her marriage, it was over. So we had just started a 21-day um, prayer fasting. And the men of God from Ghana, we began to fast and pray. We got on the, 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 the podcast and prayed with so many people. And she came on every night. The husband already was at the courts and everything. They were separating stuff and everything. The last day. Because we said, you know what? The Lord God going to bring some testimonies. We don't know what they're going to be. The last day at 3.30 in the morning, she called. We get up at 5. She called and said, you won't believe it. And she sent the picture of her and her husband. Her and her husband reconciled. The day of us closing the prayer. So she came on at five. And she began to testify. The Lord God saved their marriage. Because at that time, before she even called in or come part, the prayer point for their 21 days was reconciling marriages. So when you're in the spirit, the Lord God will draw you where you need to go. But it's your obedience that will keep you. Because you got to put something in if you want something out. Just because you tell somebody, pray for me, pray for me. No, 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 no. It says when we, what? Touch and agree. I can pray for you, but you also got to touch with me back with the Father. Then things move. So you think I'm in here just fasting for you if the Lord tell you to fast for three days? I'm not fasting. But if you're not fasting, that lets me know the results because I know the power of God. Not me, but God. Are you really fasting? Because God can break some things just like that. And then we keep coming back saying, ah, are we obedient? That was this. That's the message. There's a time. Everything to everything, there is a time. To everything, there is a time. To everything, there is a time. Let me say it again. To everything, there is a time. To everything, there is a time. Ecclesiastes three and one. To everything, there is a season. Season means timing. So leave here today knowing. Everything. There is a season. What season are you in? Is it your time? Even if it's your time, still learn to follow. Even if it's your time, get what God has for you. I don't care how anointed or how ordained you may be. Don't you know I'm still learning? I'm still teachable. I'm still listening. But I, my God trained my ear. To know what to listen to is a difference. I don't listen to everybody. I hear them. But it's a difference between what hearing and listening. I listen. But if it's not God or truth, I ain't hearing it. Because I don't need my spirit to be contaminated. So don't look at the numbers. Don't look at who God is using to do whatever he needs to do to help you. Because the enemy will put all things in your mind like, they too strict. They too squeaky clean. 
Don't you know when I used to look at Benny Hinn, I used to be like, no, I ain't ready for him. He is too holy. Hallelujah. You know, Benny Hinn, too holy. Hallelujah. When I was just starting a ministry, God was taking me around to the different speakers. When I would get to Benny Hinn, I'd be like, I ain't ready yet. I'm still sinning like crazy. He's too holy. But now, hey, holy means being set apart. Because even the ones we think so holy sometimes, and I ain't saying this about Benny here because he has his life and I love him. But I'm saying the same ones we think is holy. I remember when God began to open my eyes. And I used to be like, no. When they would tell me to come sit in the front, I'm like, no. Because I knew I had a boyfriend at home, you know. And I wasn't there. And there, even though I was a leader, they'd say, come sit. I'm like, uh-uh, because right now I'm just about to thread. And God said, oh, do you think all of them up there is like squeaky clean? So that's when he began to open my eyes. Like he did Ezekiel. He said he took him up in the spirit, chapter 8. And he told him to dig a hole in the wall. And when he began to dig a hole in the wall, what did he see? He saw all types of things. He saw all the leaders. They was worshiping other gods. They was worshiping sons. They was even light incense. The women that was praying saying, you know what? God going to touch the fruit of your womb. God going to bring you a baby. But they was worshiping fertile gods for you. Fertile gods. So everything that we see, that we think is so, and then we make ourselves feel so last in, you better go and check and ask God. God began to reveal to me, not to put anybody down on that front row, not to go talk about them like, oh, no. He See, when God show you things, it's not for you to always say something. He wants you to pray. He was sure. That's when my, interse- the, 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 my the spirit of intercession started with me. Seeing some of that, he was seeing if he was able to trust me. Are you going to pray or are you going to talk or are you going to, because he was using me to prophesy or are you going to prophesy it out? Because you want people to know you're a prophet. Come on. That's what we're doing. We're prophesying out one another because we want people to know that we can prophesy. But that ain't nothing. The word of God is prophecy. But he used us as prophets to come to confirm something that maybe you have lost hope in. Something that you may have doubted. Something that you may be disobedient in. But you can get in the word of God and he can prophesy to you all day. Because the word of God is prophecy. It let us know, know that Jesus was coming. It was prophesied. The bloodline that he would come in. And who would have ever thought that he would have came through a prostitute? If the church would have knew that, they would say, that ain't God. A prostitute? Uh-huh. But rehab, come on now. It's the mother of who? Come on, scholars. Who, who, who is rehab the mother of? Tell me. Mother, <laughs> research. <laughs> I want y'all to tell me. Rufus, Boaz. Who is the. Uh, go down the bloodline. Get the scriptures. That's going to be y'all homework. Next week, everybody need to know. I want you to know the bloodline. And, and everybody going to have an opportunity to say. Because we need to know the lineage. 
We need We need to, we need to know we're going to go down. I know I want y'all to take the word of God and I want y'all to go and get that whole bloodline. I'm not going to tell you. See, that's the part. That's the part. Tell them where it is. Matthew chapter one. Okay. Verse. Do we get all the way down to Jesus? Do we go all the way down to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Go ahead since you, um, Go ahead, since you um, since you got it. Go ahead, read it. Okay, the whole chapter. Yeah, tell everybody with the chapter. Okay, I have this hanging on my wall in my office. That's cool because I was like, I need to know this. Isn't that weird? Hey, no, no, because God knew today was gonna be the day you had to answer it. <laughs> that was the purpose of you having it here on your wall. I wrote it up last year. I was like, I'm gonna learn all the lineage in um, oh, or uh, not in Ohio. What am I talking about? In Genesis, in Genesis and Matthew. But anyway. Um, it says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Was oh, we need the, the book in a chapter. So, oh, so Matthew chapter one. Okay. Uh, verse one through seventeen. Okay. So the so the book of gener the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat Phares and Zerah of Tamar. Pharisees begot Ezraim, and Ezraim begot Aram. And Aram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Nasson. Okay, come on. Come on. It's okay. Go ahead, who got who? Go ahead. God is so good, I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. And um, Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nassim, Mm -hmm. and Nassim begat Salmon, Mm -hmm. and Salmon begot um, Booz Mm -hmm. of Rechab, Mm -hmm. and Booz begat Obed of Mm -hmm. Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, Mm -hmm. and Jesse begat David Mm -hmm. the king, and the king begat, and David the king begat Solomon Mm -hmm. of her that had been with Urias, Mm -hmm. who was... uh, Keep going with the names. Um, and Solomon begat Roboam, mm-hmm. and Roboam begot Abiah, and mm-hmm. Abiah begot Asa. Mm-hmm. Asa begot jo- Josaphat, and mm-hmm. Josaphat begot Joram. Mm-hmm. Joram begot Ozias. Mm-hmm. Ozias begot jo- Jotham, mm-hmm. and Jotham begot Achaz. Mm-hmm. Achaz begot Ezekias. Mm-hmm. Ezekias begot Manassas. Manassas mm-hmm. begot Ammon. Ammon mm-hmm. begot Josias. Mm-hmm. Josias begot Jeconias mm-hmm. and his brethren about mm-hmm. the time that they were carried away unto Babylon. Mm-hmm. And after that they were brought to Babylon. Jeconias begot Salathiel mm-hmm. and Salathiel begot Zerubbabel mm-hmm. and Zerubbabel begot Abud mm-hmm. and Abud begot Eliakim. Mm-hmm. Eliakim begot Azor, mm-hmm. Azor begat Sadok, mm-hmm. Sadok begat Akim, mm-hmm. Akim begat Eliud, mm-hmm. Eliud begat Eleazar, mm-hmm. Eleazar begat Mathan, mm-hmm. Mathan begat Jacob, mm-hmm. Jacob begat Joseph, the mm-hmm. husband of Mary, who mm-hmm. was born Jesus, who mm-hmm. is called the Christ. Amen. Let's give, come on, let's give God a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. See, that's very vital. Hallelujah. Because somebody may was listening from, because we got 287 countries listening all over the world. And that probably was a question that they had. So for us to be able to go right into it, because I thought y'all was going to have homework. She evangelist saved y'all from homework. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give evangelist a hand. Amen. She saved y'all from homework. But y'all still have to go back and study. Because what I want to do by the end of the year, I want to challenge you. I want y'all to be able to memorize this. 
I want everybody to be able to rememberize this. It, even those that's under the sound of my voice, if there's somebody that's able to rememberize this, we're going to do this for God is willing. Um, um, New Year's Eve, when we have our New Year's Eve service, we're going to have a couple people to recite this going into the New Year. Amen. So I'm going to have somebody here. I don't know who comes, but those are going to be a couple online and they're going to go live with us. And I'm going to have four people recite these names by heart. Amen, amen. And you're going to have a glorious prize, amen, at the end if you're able to do it. Amen, mother, hallelujah. So I'm excited. I am challenging you to go ahead and remember who we got, who we got. Because I think even now the Lord has given me a word. Who have begat who? Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe going into 2023, the Lord God is speaking to us. So we're going to go ahead and close the service. Amen. want to respect everybody's time. And I do believe on this uh, morning I'll be leaving here and going down. So I'm asking you, um, inviting you. I'm supposed to go down and do a word at another church. Amen. So um, I'll give y'all address. Amen. Definitely need you to go evangelist. Amen with me um hallelujah because i'm going to have you read the scripture we're going to come out of the book of ecclesiastes amen hallelujah so um i just think that it's a time because 50 years of perseverance that is a lot of time amen hallelujah mother how old are you 83 jesus christ come on i i can't wait to i hallelujah grow up and be 83 years old so i am just just not i'm 50 but 30 more years that's what i'm talking about i'm, I'm want to get to that next mark 83 you're talking about 83 years of wisdom 83 weird years of wisdom my god 80, I told you, mother, a lot of my friends are like in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So I am all around wisdom. I'm all around, you know, I just thank God for the wisdom. I thank God for wisdom. I, I mean, I got my young people around me, too, that's got wisdom. Hallelujah. But I just got some vibrant, hallelujah, 67, 80 years old, even 100. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm just saying I'm excited. Hallelujah. Hebrew 11 and 3. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So as we leave here today, I pray that your faith be increased even more and more. And those that may not know Christ, which I know we all have heard of Christ, but knowing him, meaning having a relationship with him, an intimacy with him. This is the time that you can accept your life right now with him by just confessing with your mouth. Believing in your heart that he is our, your Lord and your Savior. All you have to do is just ask him to forgive you wherever you are. You could be sitting in the bar right now. Okay, I'm going to make it plain. You could be laying in somebody's bed that is not even your husband or your wife. Or laying in somebody else's husband or wife. I'm just saying. You may be on the corner. You may just feel lost. I'm just saying. These are real life situations. And we feel that maybe Christ will not accept us. But let me tell you. I was sitting at a bar drinking some liquor when God called me. Hallelujah. So I know that God can call you wherever.